0: Thank you for joining us again today for our weekly sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is a church based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe and smart enough to speak to all of his people in the way that they will understand. Life is an adventure that we all learn from, and we hope that we can experience it and learn from it together. Let me begin by wishing everyone a very happy Easter holiday. Easter is a great time. We get together as families. We watch our kids hunt eggs, and we reflect on the ju- rejuvenation of a new spring. Sometimes we have an issue understanding the theology behind Easter. We know it reflects the day that Jesus Christ was resurrected after being crucified, and that it takes some faith. It's easy to understand Christmas. It's the celebration of the birth of Jesus. We understand Good Friday, the anniversary of the crucifixion of Christ. It's Easter. That's difficult. We understand why it's at the beginning of spring. We may understand what is celebrated. But I believe it's the resurrection that people have an issue with. So here it is. I believe in the resurrection. Let me explain. Let me tell you a story, a story of hope, a story of inspiration. And some may say, A story of resurrection. Adam, not his real name, in one aspect had an incredibly blessed childhood, in another a very difficult one. When Adam was about eight years old, his father died, placing his mother in a position where she became the only earner for the family. One night, when Adam's mother was driving home from work, she was involved in a very serious car accident. While Adam's mom was hospitalized and during her recovery, he became responsible as the primary caregiver for himself, his sister, and their mother. Adam was fortunate enough that there were people that cared about him and helped him as they could. But for the day-to-day stuff, the cooking, the cleaning, the care for his sibling, it was Adam's responsibility. Adam developed various copious mechanisms to deal with his new complicated home life and the fact that his father had died and his mother had nearly died. But one extremely stressful day, things became so difficult that nothing seemed to work. Adam, not knowing what else to do, went outside and sat on the front steps of his apartment. There he cried. As he was sitting there, a man walked up and said, Son, are you okay? He politely said that, yes, he was okay, although in reality, he was far from it. But as he looked up at the man, the sun behind him gave the impression that he had a halo. Adam thought, an angel has come to help me. The man simply sat down with Adam and talked with him. When he sat down, Adam could see that he was just a regular human being. Yet, somehow, his initial impression that he was an angel remained. He looked at Adam and said, I know your mother. No more than that. And then he listened to Adam's story. Many times since then, Adam has remembered when the man sat and held and listened. Someone that cared enough to give him a few minutes of time to ensure he was all right. The memory has been a source of strength to him ever since. Now Adam is an intelligent, well-adjusted young man with a passion To help build a better world. When I was fortunate enough to meet him a few years ago. He was the sergeant major for the battalion I belonged to. And one that actually cared about all the soldiers under him. The sergeant major's story is a story about resiliency. Maybe even resurrection. His childhood could have been the kind of childhood that left him crippled. It might have crushed his spirit. It could have meant a kind of death, but somehow it didn't. He managed to find the resources and the relationships that sustained his life. He found hope. He said that at a crucial moment in his life, angels, like the man who sat with him and listened to his story, appeared in his life to help him along the way. Today is Easter. It's Easter Sunday, the day for resurrections. Easter is named for Eostre, a Germanic goddess of the East, in springtime. We've passed the vernal equinox and entered into spring. We see flowers in bloom, daffodils and forsythia. The buds on the trees are getting ready to open. Animals are coming out of their dens, and the birds are already singing. This is indeed a season of resurrection. Christians say that Jesus was crucified on Friday and rose from the dead on Easter. While none of us can go back in time to see whether it really happened, many people have opinions. Some are certain that, as the Christian creeds say, Jesus rose bodily from the dead. Others are equally certain. A former Catholic priest, John Dominic Crossman, says, I do not think that anyone, anywhere, at any time, brings dead people back to life. Now I'm convinced that something happened to the followers of Jesus. On Good Friday, Jesus was crucified. His disciples were in despair. And then something happened that completely changed their outlook. Now did a miracle occur? Well, Thomas Paine, one of our nation's founding fathers, wrote that when a preacher mentions a miracle in order to prove a doctrine, it implies a lameness or weakness in the doctrine that is preached. But did a miracle occur? In the ancient world, miracles were associated with all great men, including Alexander the Great, Caesar Augustus, Moses, the Buddha, and Muhammad. If you were great, then you performed miracles. That's the way people thought in ancient times. Things that many of us write off today as maybe dreams or feelings we have would have been seen as miracles in other times. The medicine and other items that we take for granted in our everyday life would have been seen as incredible miracles, healing the sick and much more. If you have a gravely sick child and there's something out there, a medicine or a treatment or something else that allows that child to once again become healthy and then the child is now happy and running around, then it's a miracle. It's a miracle to the parents and it's a miracle to everyone around them. But did a miracle occur? I think something happened. Something happened to the followers of Jesus on that first Easter. The resurrection, now, it is not to be completely dismissed out of hand. The disciples, they experienced something that changed everything for them. Christianity moved from being a few followers to a powerful global religion in actually a short relative amount of time that might even be seen as a miracle. The Easter story is told in each of the four Gospels, and the stories disagree on the details. How many people went to Jesus's tomb? Who they were. Whether they went before or after sunrise. Whether they saw one angel, two angels, or more. Whether they saw Jesus or not, and who Jesus appeared to first. In one Gospel, Mark 16, 6-7, six the angel tells Mary Magdalene that Jesus is not there. But in another gospel, John twenty fourteen through 18 Jesus is there at the tomb, and he talks to Mary Magdalene. Now, Thomas Paine said that if the four gospel writers testified in court and contradicted one another as much as they do in the Bible, well then, their testimony would be thrown out by the judge. But maybe... Just maybe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether or not they agree in the details. The four Gospels are not history. What they are is testimonies in faith. We call the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but we really don't know who the authors were or what their names were. The Gospels were written anonymously 35 to 60 years after Jesus died. By people who weren't there, no eyewitnesses to what happened wrote the Gospels. But before the Gospels were written, there was an earlier telling. Writing to the Church of Corinth, Paul gave his version in One Corinthians fifteen three through eight, and this this one thing is the earliest written description of Easter. And what he said was, I told you, the most important part of the message, exactly as it was told to me. Key, told to me. That part is that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelfth. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me, even though I am like someone who was born at the wrong time. Paul's story is the first and it's the simplest. He never says the stone was rolled out of the way. He never says that the tomb was empty. He never even says whether there was a tomb or a stone. His version has no angel who announces the resurrection. He merely says that Jesus died, was buried, was raised from the dead on the third day, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the 12th, and then to many others. That's all. That's all he says. Paul wrote that account about 20 years after Jesus died. Next comes Mark's gospel, about 40 years. That story adds the angel, the empty tomb, and the stone that was rolled away. The earliest copies of Mark end without Jesus making any resurrection appearance. Matthew and Luke tried to improve on Mark's gospel by adding resurrection appearances. And in John's gospel, written 60 or 70 years after the crucifixion, Jesus cooks breakfast and even appears from out of nowhere inside a locked room. So, like any other fish story, the resurrection story seems to grow as time passes. From Paul's simple explanation that he appeared to John's Jesus, who materializes and dematerializes in a locked room. But for now, let's put the various accounts of the resurrection to one side because the stories can be truthful without always being completely factual. A story or a parable can teach an important truth. And it can do so even if the facts didn't happen exactly the way that it says. So to me, the miracle of Easter is that it is possible for a tragedy to become something triumphant. What we would expect to be the end well, it isn't always the end. That's what Easter symbolizes. It symbolizes a rebirth, a chance to start again, and the ability to change, to evolve, and to become a better person. The chance to create a better world. Now, don't get me wrong. Something happened, and something that changed the outlook of the disciples. They had visions of Jesus alive again although it may not have been the resurrection of a corpse but his spirit his spirit was there even if we read the bible literally we discover that when jesus showed up on easter and afterwards his friends they didn't recognize him mary magdalene thought she was speaking to the gardener that's in john 20 14 through 18 in john 21 Peter, Thomas, and other disciples, they went fishing. And Jesus stood on the shore and carried on a conversation with them, but they didn't recognize him at first. Then two disciples who were walking, walked for several miles with Jesus, and yet they didn't know who they were walking with until they sat down to eat. And Jesus blessed the meal and then vanished out of nowhere. That's Luke 24, 15 through 31. So why, did, why didn't they recognize him? If Jesus was raised bodily from the grave, why don't his own disciples, the people closest to him, know who he is? Well, this is why. I think that the resurrection is not about the resurrection of a body. It's a mystical experience, a vision, not a biological event. It is a spiritual event of hope, of faith, and of trust. So no, I don't think a dead man got up out of the tomb and started walking around like some zombie. But, I do think something happened. One or more people had visions of Jesus, and it affected them profoundly. It changed their outlook about his death. Out of tragedy came a triumph. Out of an ending came a new beginning. Out of a death came life. But did a miracle occur? The way I look at it, each and every one of us is proof positive of the resurrection. For whom among us doesn't have a story to tell? A very personal story of rebirth, of emerging from the tomb, of depression or despair, pain or addiction. Who among us can't point to a time in our lives when all seemed lost? And then suddenly hope returned. You are witnesses to your very own resurrections. What other proof do you need? Do miracles occur? Yes, without a doubt. Miracles happen every day and to every one of us. We simply need to look, to think back, and to realize that our very existence, our lives, our families, our friends, those around us, this world, It is miraculous. Every day, people deal with horrible events, and they get through them. Every day, people deal with pain and hardship and work through it, either on their own or with the help of those that love them. They deal with it. They get through it, and they are reborn. Resurrected into a better, into a happier life. Now that's a resurrection. In Jesus' day, the people of Israel, oppressed by wealthy landowners and ruled by the Roman Empire, they were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for someone who would restore Israel to independence, to glory, to sit on King David's throne, and to usher in the Messianic Age of Peace and Justice. Now, many were disappointed, heartbroken, when Jesus was executed on a cross— Just like any common criminal, it looked as though God had lost and Caesar had won. Yet somehow, that wasn't the end of the story. Somehow, there was a triumph that came out of defeat. The message of Easter is that something good is possible on the other side of suffering. Not just someday in the sweet by and by, but here, today, in this life, and for all of us. So that if those who experienced Jesus alive among them were somehow right, what if the crucifixion on Friday isn't the end of the story? What if poverty or the loss of a job or an illness or the death of a loved one isn't the end? What if addiction isn't the final word? What if there is a resurrection? On Friday, there is only death and sorrow cold and darkness, represented by winter. But on Sunday, there is a new spring, a resurrection, and there is hope. That's what we're talking about, in Easter faith in a Good Friday world. We can debate what happened at that first Easter, and we can debate it from now until the end of this world. But we can't test it. We can't test it in a laboratory, and we can't go back in time. We will never know the facts of that day, what actually happened. But what we do know is resurrection isn't a scientific proposition. It's an experience. So let us be agents of resurrection, activists for resurrection. Good Friday isn't the end of the story. Winter isn't the end of the story. Spring is in the air. All of our senses can testify to that fact. The birds are singing, flowers are blooming, and children are singing. Now go forth, and be agents of resurrection. Go forth, enjoy Easter, and have a great life. Have, build a fantastic world. And thank you again for listening to this week's sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe and smart enough to speak to all of his people in very diverse ways. And there are lessons from all religions that we can all learn from. Life is an adventure that we must all experience and learn from. We hope that we can experience it and learn from it together. To find out more about us, please visit us at our Facebook page at This Grand Life Theology or email us at this Grand at gmail.com, have a great Easter Sunday.